Episode 14, Terry Crews Speaking the Truth. Good evening, nation. Welcome to the Midnight Ride. You got your main man, Zeb the Magnificent, right here, and his main man in combat, Tony the One and Only. And we cannot wait to get this podcast started. First of all, I like to always ask how my main man in combat, Tony the One and Only, is doing this week. I'm doing great. Uh, Zeb, how are you? Hey, I, I'm doing I'm doing okay, but... This podcast, it means so much to me. I'm about to start doing much, much better. As our audience knows, we're living in the uh, coronavirus era, and we have society reacting in very dramatic, topsy-turvy ways to try and cope with these issues. And one particular topic that we wanted to discuss for you guys is going to be about vaccinations and the way that they're being discussed okay, in the public eye. And the likelihood they will have to be pushed on society and maybe a way that is not so good. So if a vaccination were to come out today, my friend Tony, that uh, was supposedly regulated and tested through all the proper channels in the government, would you be willing to try it? Uh, No, I would not be willing to try it because I do not trust the government uh, with my health. Uh, it has been stated by Bill Gates that vaccinations, um, he has stated in the past that if we do a really great job on new vaccinations, that we could lower the world population by 10 or 15 percent. And I do not want to go along with Bill Gates's plan of population reduction. Um, he has he and his father uh, have a lot of close ties to a lot of people that have uh, been associated with Planned Parenthood. We all know about Planned Parenthood's effect on uh, uh, black and brown people, so to speak, as Black Lives Matter would say. And um, so I would not trust it for that reason. Um, We also know that Bill Gates has been involved in some nefarious uh, acts in in India and other African countries where he has been banned from these countries because of the vaccinations that have been distributed have caused some of the children in these countries to go sterile. And so I would not trust anything that Bill Gates comes out with um, until I am able to see the effects that it has on the human population, Um, meaning it would be something that um, I would wait a year or two to see, you know, how it affects the uh, early adopters, (laughs) so to speak. And then I would make my decision based on that. Well, currently... So currently, according to my research, uh, more than 155 vaccines against the coronavirus are being developed across a wide variety of countries, and 23 vaccines are in human trials. Uh, When you think of that, you know, when you have this rat race, pun intended, because they're probably testing some of these things out on rats, to try to push out as many vaccines as possible or different types of vaccines, and there's no way to really vet what's going on in these other countries from an American standpoint. Does that concern you at all? Well, it does, um, because I know that this is being rushed. Um, I know that to date there has been no um, um, successful uh, vaccinations for the coronavirus, the viruses that we've experienced in the past. And so um, I do not think that uh, within a short span period of a year or so 
that they're going to be able to push out a perfect vaccine. And I think that anybody that has common sense will know that this is the case. And, you know, my health, I take very seriously. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about the potential for them to put in mercury into these vaccinations and pump you up with mercury, that's not something that you can quickly get rid of. You know, that's not something that you can, you know, go to the gas station and, and buy something to get rid of. So it is uh, highly important that you research anything, any sort of vaccinations that they plan to put inside of you um, and decide if you want to go down that route of taking it. Because, you know, just like salt, you know, once you put too much of it in, you can't get any of it out, you know. Well, what's the matter, Tony? Do you not want to glow in the dark at night? Oh, do I not want to, No, I don't want to glow in the I want to be regular. And that's becoming harder and harder in this day and age. Well, I do want to quiz Tony on one thing. Uh, Tony, would you say that you're more of a, a PlayStation guy or an Xbox guy? I'm a PlayStation guy. See, I, I think that that's showing his bias because uh, <laughs> since we know Bill Gates is the mastermind behind Microsoft. Uh, so so here's one other thing I want to mention about Bill Gates. Why do you think he feels the obligation to travel to these foreign countries and try to – you know, push out all these vaccinations. And, and on top of that, why do you think he's so in cahoots with the World Health or World Health Organization? Uh, what do you think he has to gain from all this? Well, I think it's a part of Bill Gates's uh, plot to um, lower the, uh, the world's uh, population for population reduction. <laughs> um, when you think about it, um, you know, the elite, um, the higher ups, you know, they're concerned about resources. And, um, you know, although they already control a lot of the resources, you know, they want total control. And the easiest way to get total control is to eliminate the opposition. And we see today that the opposition are, you know, people who are older, people who are more, uh, you know, more conservative in their thinking, people that are more likely to be rebellious against the status quo. And so we see that this coronavirus is taking those people out, you know, um, so, and I think it's a, it's also um, sort of a, um, maybe a part of a, uh, a uh, you know, Bill Gates is in those higher ups, their pride gets in the way, uh, their self infatuation with themselves. Um, that, that also is a contributor. Yeah, and one thing that really uh, freaks me out is when you start to consider some of these hidden symptoms that could be found inside these vaccinations. And, you know, it's so bothersome to me that anyone who dares to say something out of that dares to say something that's defying the, um, you know, the narrative being pushed that vaccinations are the only way anyone that dares to defy that notion is basically portrayed as like a conspiracy nut. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, and that is unfortunate because, we know that throughout history, um, there are a lot of people that make claims and we find out that their claims are true after the fact, you know, after thousands of people have died and, you know, after, you know, the government documents have been opened, the classified documents have been opened, etc. We don't find out that after the fact, but rest rest assured that there were people during those times that, that were saying the truth and they were ostracized and they were called conspiracy theorists. And, you know, the actual term conspiracy theorist, that came with, that was come up with by the U.S. government, you know, to, to get people to stop believing the official narrative. 
Yeah. They wanted everybody to buy into the official narrative. And what did we see? CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, all spouting the same thing. They never have on doctors or physicians that that uh, have an opposing viewpoint. As a matter of fact, I know whenever they bring on a guest, what that guest is going to say because all their guests they bring on say the exact same thing. You know, it's like it's you know it's like it's programmed. You know, they never bring on an opposing side. And if they do, you know, they they you know uh, they display them as kind of kooky, wacky, or they don't give them an opportunity to talk and speak the truth. For sure. And, you know, it goes without saying, never trust a man who's worth billions of dollars, but he wears a sweater that looks like it would come out of your perverted uncle's closet. Mm, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Screw Bill Gates. <laughs> All right. Next, we have the uh, COVID contact tracing. So there's a lot of um, discussion, and some of these apps may already be in motion. I, I haven't taken the time. Maybe Tony, he's more tech savvy mm-hmm. about this kind of thing. But oh, yes. but you can see this is being pushed uh, upon people, and you know may even get to a point where this contact tracing uh, label, like a scarlet letter, could prevent people from certain job opportunities, access to certain facilities so on and so forth. I mean, I could even see a scenario where they say that when you flush the toilet and you don't put the lid down, the virus is more likely to like circulate in the air. Yeah. So yeah. I could see them not yeah. allowing someone to take a piss, you know, mm. just because of all this. And uh, talking about COVID contact tracing, uh, the things that they're using, location, uh, Bluetooth, and basically giving you um, a label that you have to walk with from day to day and that people will use their contact tracing apps on their phone to know that you're, you are a persona, persona non grata, someone who is not welcome. And that could be socially alienating as well. So Tony, uh, are you a huge fan of COVID contact tracing? No, I'm not a huge fan of COVID contact tracing. Actually, I'm a very, uh, electric, uh, electronic digital privacy advocate, um, and I think that this contact tracing, you know, it's another way for the government to sneak their hands into the cookie jar, uh, the government and the big corporations, of course. Um, they want to get their hands on more data. They want to know more about you so that they can predict your behavior, to sell you more things, to know how to advertise to you, to know how to predict your own behavior, you know, to, to control your way of thinking. And so we know that uh, companies already have started to do this, Facebook has started to implement contact tracing into their app. We know that the major cell phone operating systems, Google with Android and uh, uh, Apple with the iOS, have already started to implement contact tracing within the app. And there are many people who have updated these apps, and they don't even know that they're being contact traced. Um, and so we have to ask ourselves, you know, where is this information going? Some of it could be going to China, of course. You know, there's heavy ties between China, Google, and, and Apple. Um, but, you know, it also can be going to the federal government. And essentially, what this is going to turn into is, is another way for people to, to report and tattle and, and, and et cetera on their neighbor. And um, so this is not a good idea. I recommend that you take uh, all the available steps to avoid uh, digital contact tracing. If you would like to contact trace, keep an Excel doc and save it, oh, on yeah. your, save it on your laptop. You know, you don't need to hook up Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and all these other kind of things and connect it to the internet because once you do that on your phone, you've lost all privacy. 
I mean, I guess you could like bring a uh, like a like a little contact book, you know, something like a little miniature spiral. And whenever you've been around someone with a virus, you can just write an X and cross off their name uh, because that that is essentially what uh, we're being encouraged to do. And you know, one other thing I want to mention is I, I I see friends of mine on social media that will say that they know someone who's gotten the virus mm-hmm. and I think they're kind of doing it more out of like an attention seeking, mm. uh, you know, objective. And I mean, I feel bad for them cause they're probably on the list and they don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably on the list and they, they probably don't know it. And, um, you know, at worst case scenario, they're giving that information to all of the types of, uh, of people, you know, because what happens is, you know, once you, uh, hook up that that Facebook app on your phone. You know it can read all your data and knows all your contacts. It knows where they live, what their numbers are, etc. And so Google and Facebook and and Apple, they already have that information. And so when you walk around with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi on, it's just tracking you and it's tracking everyone that you've gotten in contact with. Yeah, I mean very Orwellian stuff. Uh, referring to George Orwell, 1984 good book you should check it out uh twitter accounts being hacked so we had some uh what many would call big wigs you know in the public eye uh people like biden elon musk uh mike bloomberg uh companies like my, my, uh, microsoft apple they were they were uh, uh, hacked for a very small amount of time i think it was about 30 minutes at the most on one or two of them, and it was a scam, a pretty obvious scam, asking people to donate money through uh, Bitcoin currency, I mm-hmm. think they call it, yeah, yeah. and and then they would get double back in return. And so, uh, you know, something like this scares me a little bit. Uh, not so much that I would fall for the trap of like walking into, you know, like it's like what you see in those movies where it's like obviously a pit and they add like leaves and sticks and they want you to step right into it. But you can just tell like there's something like ominous about it. Uh, so, you know, I would see the writing on the wall and, and not fall for it myself. But I am always paranoid of getting hacked and having my uh, reputation defamed. But, uh, you know, what are uh, Tony's thoughts on this? And, and you can probably, you know, give the people, you know, like a, make it a PSA. You can tell people what they need to do to avoid this from happening. Well, um, you know, anybody with common sense would be able to figure out that that tweet was a, a, a phishing scam. Um, I mean, especially if you follow these people all day long and you know their writing style and you know if they've asked for money ever. I mean, <laughs> you should have been able to figure this out. Uh, secondly, this is a another good reason why people need to get off of social media. Um, because if if you're like me, you know you you know hardly even heard about this, so it's <laughs> you know it doesn't affect you. You know it's you don't fall prey to those things. Um, thirdly, what I would say is, you know, you, you the the way that you never you know kind of fall victim to these phishing scams, etc., is always look for the official website. So if it's a bank that's emailing you and telling you to log in, don't log in through the email. Log in, like, you know, go and Google the, the bank website, put it in there, and uh, use that. Um, if it's a credit card company that's asking you to log in, log into the actual credit card company. It's the same um, principle, you know, used if, if the IRS sends you something, you know. Um, you actually call the IRS, the official number. 
you know, they're not going to send you an email. <laughs> so, so, um, that's how you kind of stray away from those scams, um, is you just stay diligent and you kind of use your, your common sense. Yeah. It reminds me, um, going back to this idea of like, you know, various entities trying to like obtain your information. Uh, I think it's the mayor of Chicago. That's the short black woman, right? Mm -hmm. And she did a thing where she put on a cowboy hat and she said, I'm calling out the census cowboy to make sure that you filled out your census information. And this guy walked out or better yet, he rode out riding a horse and he had like a bandit mask on Mm -hmm. and then he had like a cowboy hat. And so she was (laughs) trying to like give a theme to, you know, census taking and make it seem as if it's some kind of cutesy thing. And I'm happy to report, I'm calling out the census cowboy. So, if you see the census cowboy coming to your neighborhood, that's not a good thing. That means you gotta step up and do your part and make sure that you fill out the census. Get off my lawn. Like if they had instead, you know, like the privacy violation detective, you know, that would be much more accurate, but they would never call it that. Uh, so you ready to move to the next topic? Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. Let's talk about the Portland uh, federal involvement. So we had a bunch of, uh, you know, I guess we could say not so peace loving hippies try to form a new autonomous zone in uh, Portland, just like we saw in CHOP, also known as CHAP or CHAZ or whatever the hell it was in Seattle. But Basically, before they could really gain any any traction, we had the federal government show up or federal government uh, troops uh, sent from the federal government wearing like SWAT gear, essentially, who really beat them down. <laughs> they were shooting smoke bombs. And, uh, you know, there, there was one protester who got shot in the head with some kind of impact shell. Did you mm-hmm. see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the, the federal government troop um, through kind of like like a little look like a firework like this little sparkler type thing and then the protester picked it up and threw it back Mm. and then boom high impact yet what instances would you believe the federal government should get involved well i believe that the federal government has a duty to uh to maintain law and order within the country and if the local government is not going to maintain law and order then somebody has to step up and do it and so I applaud the president for his actions. And, you know, I, I've spoken about this in, in previous podcasts, the need for Donald J. Trump to stand for law and order in this country if he's going to win reelection. Uh, he cannot allow the lawless, um, the people to go away scot-free who have killed innocent people, who have uh, destroyed businesses, who threaten people on a daily basis with physical violence. This is not something that we can allow under the watch of Donald J. Trump, if he's being serious. So um, I think that um, I think this is a good step for for Trump to take. I think that he should have started this actions earlier uh, in response to the statues being taken down. Uh, We should have seen these actions earlier. Um, Now for the Portland mayor, uh, this this person here uh, has no sense of lawlessness and should be immediately impeached. <laughs> um, the, I mean, to say that uh, the federal government is evil or whatever, 
or wrong by going in to restore order in your city because you refuse to punish the people who have done evil, then, you know, we're in a situation where we're calling good evil and calling evil good. And that is what the Democrats represent. This is the party of uh, unlawlessness, you know, or lawlessness. This is the party that does not have any morals or values. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, is this is this what we want the country to look like? Do we want the whole country to be chaps, you know, or chaz or whatever you want to call it? More like, uh, what's the word? Uh, chumps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, do we want to turn into Liberia in the United States? Yeah. You know, I mean, so these are the things that we have to ask ourselves. And, you know, what's even more disturbing is these Democrat politicians. They are so afraid to come out and call this stuff what it is. Yeah. There was a father having to be a black man. His son was shot in a drive by in the chap zone. Do you remember that? Mm hmm. There have been several instances, a lot of them um, being black individuals of people getting shot in the crossfire. And what's so unnerving is I feel like there's not a lot of coverage of this, what went on in, in, in uh, CHAP. Uh, or I think Chaz was the final name they went with, right? We'll, we'll stay with that for consistency. But um, but you, you didn't hear that many stories. And even now, like, you know, supposedly Fox News is a conservative station. Uh, they're still kind of portraying what the federal government did and its intervention kind of negatively, mm -hmm. which is weird to me. It almost kind of feels like these major news stations want these demilitarized zones to arise and erect because it gives them more stories to talk about. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, you know, the, the media loves Trump. You know, they, they'll never admit it, but they love Trump because oh, sure. it's good for the ratings. Sure. You know, people. T I mean, imagine what's going to happen if Joe Biden gets elected. Yeah. You know, MSNBC, CNN, they're not going to have anything to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not going to have anybody to complain about, you know. But, of course, you know, they'll come up with something, you know, of course, as they always do. But this is another illustration of how the media, they control the narrative. Because even if something is going on in the country, they can choose not to cover it. Just, you know, wash it away. Like, it's not even happening. It, like... Like all the black lives that were lost as a result of the protests and the riots. Yeah. Washed away. Didn't happen. You know, Don Lemon doesn't talk about it. Chris Cuomo don't talk about it. Fox News even doesn't talk about it. Yeah. And, and even when it's talked about, they only want to address, you know, like maybe a phone call that Trump gave mm -hmm. to one of the parents mm -hmm. instead of the more like hands-on nitty-gritty stuff like we saw in Portland the last couple of days. Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like a one-liner, you know, yeah. say it's like, okay, this is, this is, you know, we disagree with this and, oh, and back to the next story, you know, like, you know, that's, that's more like the stance that they take. Yeah. One topic I want to sneak in real quick that, uh, that we didn't plan before was, uh, uh, the mayor of New York, uh, the brother of Chris Cuomo, uh, the governor of New York, Cuomo, governor of New York, yeah, may, mayor is, uh, de Blasio, the mm -hmm. governor, um, what's his first name? Do you know who the governor of Cuomo? Andrew. Andrew. That's oh, right. Uh, did you see that uh, like collage you made recently? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So you look at this thing, and uh, on our uh, YouTube video link, uh, which we provide on our Facebook page, you can actually see uh, this collage. And, and basically, it's got Trump floating out on the moon. It looks like uh, it has this like curve that is like symbolized in this mountaintop. 
And then you see like Cuomo's face. It looks like it's kind of morphed into a cloud. It's kind of freaky, you know, something out of a nightmare. Uh, but the whole controversy over Andrew Cuomo, Governor, Governor Cuomo of New York is – and Tony's probably heard of this, that there were some sickly people that he put in the retirement homes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And, and, yeah, instead of uh, isolating them, I guess he was trying to save room or make the most like economic use of the rooms that he had. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but do you think, you know, using that kind of artsy-fartsy message to try and uh, memorialize, you know, some of the tragedies of the coronavirus, do you think that that's, uh, you know, a a uh, very tasteless thing to do, or do you think it's not a big deal? I know it's angering a lot of conservatives, but what do you think? Well, I think that Cuomo, he put the the sick people in the nursing home. That's all we need to know about this man, the character of this man, how he would put the sick people with the people who were the most vulnerable. Now, of course, when he runs for president, you know, here soon or whatever, depending upon what happens this year, you know, the media... They're either going to, A, forget about this, or two, they're going to make this long, complicated story about why he did it. And they're going to circle it back around that Trump did it. You know, Trump caused it. And people are going to get lost in the fact that this man made a decision to put sick patients with old patients. Okay? That's all we need to really know about the character of this man. Now, this imagery, uh, you know, I think that's just another ploy and plot for him to cover up his mistakes and his failings in running and running the government. Yeah. And what's, what's really despicable to me, you see younger brother, Chris Cuomo interview, Andrew Cuomo, the governor, and it's a conflict of interest, conflict of interest. And whether it's Chris Cuomo or Jimmy Fallon, it's always, they're asking questions like, how's your dating life? Yeah. You know, are you single ready to mingle? And, uh, you know, Stephen Colbert. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I look at Andrew Cuomo and he does this kind of like, he does this kind of humorless laugh. It's like, eh. <laughs> you know, he just looks like a man that doesn't have a lot of joy. Mm. And uh, I don't know. There's just something kind of nasty about it, about his aura. But that's, you know, who am I to judge? But uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about a little bit about Kanye West running for president. Uh, Tony, do you plan on voting for Mr. Kanye West? No, I plan on. Uh, I will. Uh, we will talk about it in another episode later on about our official endorsement uh, for the midnight ride. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, however, I do think that this um, this uh, this uh, attempt by Kanye West is a good one. Um, I think that it's great to get more candidates involved, more candidates in the pot, the better. You know, more choices people have. Um, now, I'll, ultimately, I think that this is some sort of plan by Kanye West to take away some of the black vote from Joe Biden. And if he does that, it would be worth it, in my opinion, because, you know, ultimately, I think that Kanye West and Trump have some kind of agreement behind closed doors or something like that. Because, you know, Kanye West did meet him in the White House, you know. Yeah. And so I think that they may be, you know, kind of, you know, buddy, buddy or I don't know, something of that nature. But. But, um, you know, you, you, you put together Kanye West and he can speak the truth about some of these things. And, and some of the black community will listen to him, you know, because of uh, his influence, you know, on the rap hip hop. But also some of the people that follow his wife, you know, Kim Kardashian, you know, they love her. You know, the women love her, you know, so they may listen to her. And, you know, you got the efforts of Kanye West. You got Candace Owens, who had a big debate. Uh, a couple of weeks ago with Mark Lamont Hill on um, on her show on a Prager U, 
and she destroyed Mark Lamont Hill. I mean, oh, she, really? she destroyed him. I mean, he couldn't even answer simple questions. Like she asked him, um, she asked him something like, uh, like is a man that uh, is it possible for a man to menstruate, or is it possible for a man to have a child? And he couldn't even answer the question straight. You know, I mean, she destroyed him in this debate. And she's behind the Blexit, the Blexit, um, the Blexit uh, movement, mm-hmm. and so or Blexit movement or whatever. And so uh, I think that these efforts may be good. The more black voices we have that can communicate these things to bring black people out of slavery and out of bondage, <laughs> the better, the better. Sure. Um, speaking of that, of kind of trying to like pigeonhole people's uh, way of thinking, and we'll play a, a brief clip for you. And when you have the leaders of the Black Lives Movement who are now talking about, you know, if we don't get our demands, we're going to burn it down. Uh, Other black people who are talking about working with other whites and other uh, other races, they're they're being viewed as sellouts or called Uncle Toms. It starts to start. You start to understand that you are now, you know, being controlled. You're not being treated as loved. You're actually being controlled. Someone wants to control the narrative. And I viewed it as a very, very dangerous self-righteousness that was developing that, you know, that that really viewed themselves as better. It was almost a supremacist move. Let let me jump in, Where they viewed their black lives mattered a lot more than mine. Okay. Different thing. Terry, you realize that even during the civil rights movement that uh, Dr. King was seen as extreme. That movement was seen as extreme. To people who don't want to make change, Um, movements are seen as extreme. You can paint them easily as an extreme when they are not. Bruh, look at this dude. (laughs) Wait till you see the... (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Terry Crews recently made the comment that he didn't want... Uh, Black Lives Matter to become Black Lives Are Better Than Others. Mm-hmm. And he had an interview with the one and only Don Lemonhead uh, about such, about this, you know, announcement they made. And Don Lemon really didn't give Terry Crews a time of day. As a matter of fact, he tried to make Terry Crews look like a fool. And I, I don't know what it is. I mean, like, there's no way that Terry Crews, who is putting forth a very logical, reasonable, reasonable argument, there's no way Don Lemon could not comprehend that. There's no way that he's that closed-minded. So it makes me think, and I'll let Tony say what he, what he wants to say, but it makes me think that Don Lemon has an agenda here to try to, instead of informing his audience, try to, uh, let's say, uh, confine and uh, limit the, the thinking and basically brainwash his audience into keeping this same narrative that, Cops bad, whites bad, black people all good. Uh, yeah, and and you know the crazy thing is, uh, Don, uh, Don Lemon, Don Lemonhead, Don Lemon, um, he uh, put out on his show a few years back. Uh, I encourage you all to watch um this uh, video from the Red Elephants, uh, Vincent James, the Red Elephants. Uh, he goes into how Don Lemon had a segment years ago where he called out black people, where he said that black people 
Um, you know, they, they, he said that there were five things black people need to do. And one of them, he said, was that they need to pull up their pants. And he was listening to all these different kinds of things. Like they need to graduate. They need to stay in school. They need to clean up their communities. And these were things that Don Lemon said back in, I think, 2013. And now he's, he's following along, you know, giving along with the company line. What happened, Don Lemon? You know, what happened to you? Because, you know, you used to be able to, you know, have some common sense on these issues, but you become so liberal, you become so uh, controlled by the mainstream that you can't even think straight now. Yeah. Yeah, and he makes the comment to Terry Crews. So Terry Crews suggests that Black Lives Matter, the organization, is beginning to act more and more extremely. And then Don Lemon says... Well, didn't Martin Luther King Martin Luther King seem extreme at the time, right? Trying to make Terry Crews look like he's, um, you know, criticizing Martin progress. Luther King. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is to me just so nasty and manipulative. And uh, you know, t- to me, there's nothing worse than one man telling another man how he should think, but also a man telling another man how should he think just based off of skin color. And uh, I think Don Lemon had. Uh, you know, he's, he's honestly, uh, other than what I just heard a second ago, he's never really said anything to me that had any value. It's just always kind of mean-spirited flack that he just throws it, yeah, just at, at everyone. And he's, yeah. got, he's got this just, I mean, to be honest, he's got this rat bastard grin on his face all the time. And I, don't, I, I don't see why, you know, he has as much success as other than the obvious reasons that he fits a certain, uh, uh, you know, let's say diverse image that they're going for in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. You know, the, the perplexing thing is that Don Lemon used to be a lot more level-headed when he first began on CNN. He, uh, if you go and look at some of his older clips on YouTube from 2015, you know, during the Obama years or whatever, he used to be a lot more level-headed. And now, just like many, he's gone off the deep end, you know, and so... Um, you know, it's unfortunate that the black people have chosen to attack Terry Crews. There's a man who seems to be standing up for what's right, saying all lives matter. That should not be a controversial statement. <laughs> you know? It should not be a controversial statement. And I'm going to bring this up, too, because this is a news story that was not covered on any of the major news stations this week. There was a young white woman with a child. You hear about this story? Mm-hmm. Young white woman with a child, and she was killed by Black Lives Matter activists mm. because she said the words, All Lives oh, Matter. I did see a link to that, yeah. 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 And notice how this story was never picked up on the news. Now, why is it? Why was this story not picked up on the news? On either side. Yeah, on either side. Why is that? Why did Fox News not cover this? Is Fox News a part of the sellout too? Is, is this why Trump has abandoned Fox News? Is, is, is Fox News getting paid right along with CNN to push the narrative? It, it almost seems as, it, for someone in the major news media uh, arena to speak up against Black Lives Matter, it usually has to do with something that's either pro-Trump or pro-police, 
it's never just pro-American. Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. You know, you got, you got your exceptions, you know, like the Larry Elder, Jesse Lee Peterson, those mm -hmm. types. Uh, and now recently joined, uh, what's his name? Leo? Leroy? <laughs> yeah, Leo Terrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they make it about the black man or any man or any woman trying to pick themselves up from their shoelaces, you know, and like Terry Crews said, like improve society by first improving themselves. And that's not a controversial statement either. I mean, that's like, you know, something you could find in the Old Testament, something you could find on stone tablets written in Mesopotamia. Uh, but it's very bizarre to me that, you know, these very extreme, uh, disturbing, disquieting uh, instances like that one in particular, um, for a woman just basically saying something that's like is, you know, as traditional as like, I love you, if you really think about it, uh, and just getting, you know, stone, how'd she die, shot? You said, yeah, I think she was shot. Yeah. Uh, and now this, this child will be, uh, motherless. And I would say there's a possibility that this child will grow up perhaps in a justified state of bitterness and he may, you know, inflict violence on the movement in the years to come. I mean, you, you just think of these cycles of violence, how they repeat themselves and they go on and on. And the only way to leave those cycles of hate is through logic and through love. And uh, those two things seem to be uh, missing, uh, going extinct in today's dialogue. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you got any other topics, Tony? Uh, no, I don't have any other uh, topics uh, for this week. Um, I think that uh, it is um, interesting how all this stuff is coming to a head. Um you know, the mask requirements are getting uh, more tightened down on people. Uh, local sheriffs are beginning to rebel and say that they're going to defy uh, mask yeah. or requirements. Yeah. And I think that this is a good thing. I think that, um, you know, we should not have to go around living in fear. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, a mask is not going to save you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean that's just, that's just the way it is. I mean. Even the science, even the science that people, you know, say that they worship or whatever, um, you know, the science says that the mask will not save you, you know, and that especially those masks that people are wearing, you know, with the cutesy designs and all that kind of stuff, those have really no effect on anything. And so right. it's just as though, um, like I said before, it's, it's like they're doing a dress rehearsal to see. Who will follow along? Who will follow along the line? You know, and I just think that it is absolutely crazy how overnight, within a span of a few months, they've gotten all of America, all of the world to live in fear, and the most free so-called country on the planet. Everybody's in fear, everybody's blind, and everybody's just so mask-oriented. I mean, you got people now that are wearing masks, and it's like an accessory to them. They started dressing up the mask. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's crazy. Well, to me, it's not too different than what you see in, like, Sharia law countries, you know, where the women have to veil their face. And uh, they try to get around it by, like, add, adding, like, cowboys and stars, and, you know, stripes and stuff like that. You know, like, uh, what's it called? Tie-dye designs. At the end of the day, you're still blocking off your face to the world. Yeah. And, uh... 
I guess the final thing I want to ask Tony is how, how far do you think this uh, local defiance will go? I mean, do you think there will, there will ever be a situation where a sheriff, you know, tries to like, you know, through any means necessary to quote Malcolm X, like stop federal troops from, you know, marching on his territory and then like, you know, gunfight between the local and federal government, you know, ensues. Yeah, that's possible. Mm, no, I don't think that's possible because the sheriff departments don't have enough manpower. <laughs> right, right. Um, now, it would be interesting, you know, if the citizens decide to take a revolt against uh, unjust yeah, sure. unjust laws. But, you know, at that, at that point, I don't really have a lot of hope for America at this point because if people are just going to go along with this mass thing, you know, they're going to go along with anything. Yeah. You know, and now, you, it's, it, now it's gotten so bad, you've even got the conservatives who are deceived mm-hmm. and fooled. And Fox News is playing right along with this. Mm-hmm. They're hooking, hook, line, and sinker. With the, with the mainstream. And so, you know, I know many people have started to move to OAN news. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and so uh, you know, I know Trump has voiced uh, some criticisms of Fox News. And so, um, you know, I, I, I don't really have much uh, hope for the country because I don't really see a lot of free, free, independent-minded people who are able to reason sure. and see what's going on see the deception you know and um you know i think that this is maybe it may not be as much of an issue in small town um i know i was recently uh, driving through a small town here recently and there were people who were going into stores with no mask even though they were required most of them probably because they couldn't afford a mask or whatever and nobody stopped them nobody stopped them nobody arrested them etc so you know i just very you know um, not too optimistic about it. And that's why it's up to you all, listeners of the Midnight Ride, to take that stand, to remember the words of Tony and Zeb, and not let anyone cover up the truth. And more importantly, do not let anyone cover up your voice. This is the Midnight Ride, signing out. 